0: Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And His mercies endure forever. I'm here because we celebrate your pastor, his wife, his team, his family, part of the assemblies of God. We are really excited about what you guys are doing here, New Hope, through your pastor. During a pandemic, you guys are growing. Come on now. That's just insane. You guys are dreaming. During a pandemic, while many pastors played it safe, you guys here in New Hope, you guys are dreaming to expand the kingdom of God here on earth because the kingdom of God does not operate in the economy of the United States. We operate in a different economy, which is faith. We trust the Lord. I'm so glad you're in church. Hey, I said in the first service, I will said in all three services, I want to thank the Lord for Chris, his wife, Megan, for not quitting during the pandemic. Many pastors in the United States called it quits. They left. They couldn't take it no more. But your pastor continued to preach here in Eunice, Louisiana. Would you give it up for our pastor and his lovely wife? Thank you. Thank you. Every 62 seconds on planet Earth, someone's accepting Jesus Christ in an AG church every 62 seconds on planet Earth. Every hour on planet Earth, a new church of the Assemblies of God is being opened on this planet because of your giving. And by the way, you guys are too nice the way you collect offering here in Eunice, Louisiana. I mean, pastor's nice. He's like, hey, on your way out, if you want to give, it's up to you. If you want to, I'm like, oh, my word. In Chicago, it's all different. We will flip you over. We want to make sure we're going to shake it out of you. We're going to scan your credit card. We're going to help you in Jesus' name. My word. Well, bless the Lord. At least you're giving. Amen. Don't never become a consumer. Be a giver. God is always, no matter how we collect the offering. God is always watching how you and I contribute to his kingdom. We believe that. We believe that. And so we praise the Lord. Hey, before I preach this morning, how many of you here, show of hands, show of hands. How many of you have never heard of me? Raise your hand. You've never heard of me. Wow. 96% of you guys. (laughs) Father, forgive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So I just want to, because tonight we're going to be here tonight. I hope you come. I hope you come tonight. Pastor told me yesterday, by the way, he he brought my wife and I, we had some food, and really kind, and and he says, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Tomorrow we're expecting some winter weather, and I'm like, what? So I went on, on the internet, I'm like, what kind of weather are we expecting here in Louisiana? It's like 42. I'm like, Papa, 42, that's like shorts in Chicago. So I'm glad you came to church. And no matter who you are and if you're here by yourself know that jesus loves you yeah. and we love you and if there are a place that you're trying to find to worship stop looking this is your home yeah. root yourself get rooted in jesus name so i pastored a church in chicago for 19 years my wife and i we became pastors of new life covenant church and um, her father pastored the church for 35 years and when he retired in the year 2000 there was around 68 people in our church and then the Lord called me to become a pastor I shared in the first service I wanted to become a state trooper I took the exam to be a cop I wanted to be a you know I want to, <laughs> to have a gun I want to have a gun I want to be the usher of the church so I can collect the offering and show people my gun <laughs> and so that that didn't work out and uh, because uh, my father-in-law said, hey, why don't you run to be the pastor of the church? And one thing led to another. We became pastors of the church in Chicago, of this small little Pentecostal church, AG Church. And, uh, and then the Lord blessed us. We started fishing for sows. We started throwing the net, and we started getting all sorts of fish, black fish, white fish, Asian fish, straight fish, gay fish. We brought them all in. And the church started going from one service to two services to three services to four service to five services to 17 services to the glory of God. Over 22,000 people call their home New Life Covenant Church in Chicago to the glory of God. And God is no respecter of man. What happened in Chicago can happen here in Eunice, Louisiana. Come on, that's a good place to say amen. amen. What happened there can happen here. I believe that. And I've come, I've come to mess you up. I've come to disturb you. I've come to provoke your spirit. To believe that God can do it here in Eunice, Louisiana. That this is too small. This building is too small. For the harvest that God's going to send. So we've got to continue to grow. And we've got to pray for our pastors and the leadership of this church as we expand. And so we became the pastors in 19 years. And then the two, in the year 2019, the assemblies of God asked me to become their general treasurer. I had to leave Chicago to go to Springfield, Missouri. Chicago, Springfield, pizza, no pizza. (laughs) Chicago bears, no bears. You get the idea. So we left in 2019 in September on a U-Haul truck from Chicago out of obedience to the Lord to go and help our fellowship because we believe that there was a sense of urgency that God is doing something in America. So we left our church and we went to Springfield, Missouri. That's where we live now. And we're now going going to be on three years that we've been serving the fellowship as the general treasurer. The first Hispanic in 107 years to serve in this capacity, or any of the four. The Assemblies of God has 70 million adherents. 44 million of them are Hispanic. I'm just trying to tell you that we're big, (laughs) and we're not going anywhere. We got big family. If you ever invite me over to your house, I'm coming with a Greyhound bus. This is how many people we have but God is doing something in America. Although I've been saying that America is drifting, that there's a tsunami of immorality hitting the shores of America, but the church of Jesus Christ will never drift. The Bible is our true north. Come on, somebody. You may not like what it says, but it's our compass. It guides us. In the times of craziness that we live in America today, The Word of God will not change. I told the New York Times that the Church of Jesus Christ and culture have always been at odds, and that the church was never called to accommodate culture. That we were called to speak into culture prophetically. And that's what we need to do in America today, because people are asking, Pastor Choco, what do we do? By the way, Choco comes from chocolate. That's where that comes from. Nothing spiritual. It's a term of endearment in the Puerto Rican culture. I love chocolate. They call me chocolate. The Christians got lazy, took the latte out, and left it as Choco. Now let's move on. That's where Choco comes from. And so my real name is Rufredo de Jesus. Rufredo of Jesus. So, when I go to Starbucks in Springfield, and they normally say, So, what's your name? I said, Jesus. <laughs> they said, What? I said, Jesus. So I slide Amen. over the counter, and they're like, Carmel Macchiato for Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, Shh. I tell my son, Don't say, Don't say nothing. Jesus is being mentioned in Starbucks. I use my name to promote, come on, the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. This is my wife Elizabeth, let me show you a picture. She'll be here for the third service. This is my lovely wife of 33 years. We've been married, I asked her out to be my girlfriend when she was 12, I was 14. Obviously we didn't date until she was 17 I was 19. Elizabeth and I have three beautiful children. Let me show you my tribe. This is my tribe. This is Alexandria and her husband Anthony. They're the worship directors of our eight campuses. We have eight campuses in Chicago and they run all the worship. The Lord has been blessing them, traveling with C.C. Wynan and Michael W. Smith and so forth, and their free worship. And so God has really, really, if you love worship music, it's called free worship. You can download it on Spotify and hear all their music that's coming out of the hood in Chicago. Amen. This is my daughter, Yesenia, and her husband, Anders. They were the directors of Master's Commission in Chicago for 10 years, thereabouts. They're licensed ministers with the Assemblies of God. They live in Colorado. And this is my son, Pito, and his wife, Eden, part of the worship team in Chicago. So all my three kids are married. Bless the Lord. All my soul and all that's within me, bless his holy name, that my kids are out of the house, glory to God. And I got my girlfriend back, come on now, don't play. Hey, let me show you my grandchildren. This is, uh, this is my grandchildren. These are the five. How many grandparents do we have in the house? Any grandparents? Come on now. It's a beautiful ministry. God should have given us the grandchildren first. And kept the kids or something. I'm telling you, it's just, Charlie called me. The other day. I didn't say this in the first service. I'll tell you guys. Charlie me the other day. She said, Papa. I said, what's up, Charlie? She said, Papa. She was FaceTiming me. What's up? Papa, do you have the mostest money of everybody? I said, Charlie, what do you mean the mostest money of everybody? You know, do you have more money than my mom and my father? I said, well, I think i have a little bit more. Okay, I have a list for you. I need to, I want you to buy something. And $300 later, and my daughter's like, Papi, you can't do things like that. I said, I can do whatever I want to do. It's my money. How many parents don't want to talk? Grandparents I'm going to talk about. <laughs> telling me what to do in my house. I can do whatever I want to do. So this is Charlie Grace. She's five years old and loves Jesus. She's in gymnastics, in the dance ministry at the church. This is Reagan, Reagan Live. She's up, uh, I told the first service guys pray for me because Reagan and Donald are brothers and sisters and they're white. <laughs> Straight up white. I'm brown. So I tell my daughter, just saying, I said, baby, when I go to Walmart or Target, you need to give me their birth certificate. (laughs) They're going to think I stole these kids. Amen. So this is Reagan Live. This is James Anthony, our first grandson. He's going to be a golfer and a piano player like his daddy. And then this is Donovan. He's going to be a mountain climber. Um, And this is Alea Sky. This is my son's daughter. And so we have five uh, grandchildren. And I show you my tribe. So when you think about Choco, you can pray for us. As the Lord blesses and I'm telling you, we are living in the more of God. Listen to me. There is no limits with God. There is no ceiling with God. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, mind cannot conceive what God has in store for you. When you are obedient to God. So I want to begin. My father abandoned me when I was eight years old at a bar. I'm the youngest of six in my family. I failed third grade because I couldn't read or write. My brother was a leader of a gang in Chicago. Dysfunctional family, for sure. We lift off the government of the United States on welfare. This is my story. I went through like seven grammar schools. My mother was just jumping around because of the different gangs and so forth. Single mom, raising six children. No Jesus, no father. This is how I live my life. Until the age of 14 years old, I got saved in an AG church. I was the first person in my family to go into a Pentecostal church because the Hispanics, for the most part, we are in Catholicism. And you just don't break rank. If you're raised in Catholicism, you stay there. And we have a big family, y'all. My mother had 19 brothers and sisters, we have over 120 something first cousins. And so I now accept Jesus Christ at the age of 14 years old at an AG church. My godmother, who dedicated me at the Catholic church, said this to me. If you don't stop going to that Pentecostal church, I will disown you. I said, give me a minute. I said, you never gave me anything for Christmas. Jesus gives me eternal life. I'm sticking with Jesus. 20 years later, she repents and saw what God was doing in my life and so forth. But this was my story and this is where i accepted jesus christ and this is where i became the pastor where i got saved is where i became the pastor of the church in the year 2000 and with that mandate from god it was to reach the world for jesus to empty hell and fill heaven in the year 2002 the commander of the 14th District Police Department came to me in my office. I'm two years into becoming the pastor of the church, so this is really new for me. We've gone from one service at that time to around three services on a Sunday. And the pastor, the commander said, Reverend, we have a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, Reverend, we've arrested 600 women for prostitution in nine months. Is there anything your church can do? I said, Commander, we'll pray for you. Now, how many believe in the power of prayer? I believe in the power of prayer. But I also believe that with revelation comes responsibility. That when God reveals to you at New Hope the condition of Eunice, Louisiana, sure, pray, but we must do something. So I go back home, I tell my wife, I said, Babe, they've arrested 600 women in nine months for prostitution. I go to sleep, and I feel like my Father in heaven... Says to me, Choco, buy a farm. So I woke up the next morning. I said, babe, my wife was making coffee. I said, I think God wants us to buy a farm. (laughs) She says, what do you know about farming? I said, nothing. (laughs) But I know about obedience. So I uh, go to the church, you guys, to the church in Chicago. And I said, church, somebody here has a farm. Give it up. My wife was the worship leader. I said, come on, baby, leave worship. One week passed by, two weeks passed by. Church, serious, who has the farm? Give it up. Come on, baby, leave worship. One month passed by, two months passed by. Now I'm coming back to the pulpit like, church, stop playing. No woman is born a prostitute. Not even Rahab in the Bible. Something must have happened to these girls. And we must do something. we got to rescue these girls. No matter what it is, there is a cost for reconciliation. Someone has to pay. Give it up. Come on, babe, leave worship. Two months pass by. Three months pass by. Four months pass by. Have you ever had that time in your relationship with God where you thought, like, you missed a choke? That wasn't, that wasn't God. But I know my father's voice. My sheep know me and they know my voice. I know his voice. He he saved me at 14. Church, serious, stop playing. Who has the farm? Five months passed by. Six months passed by. On the eighth month, I was preaching. I'm like, church, please, who has the farm? After the service, a lady came to me and said, Pastor Choco, my uncle, his wife of forty-two years just passed away. He heard you wanted to buy a farm to rescue women from prostitution, human trafficking. He's got 15 acres in Cambridge, Illinois for $160,000. He said, he'll sell it to you. That was Sunday, Monday, y'all. I'm heading to, to Cambridge, Illinois with my wife and some of, the, some of the, the, the elders of the church. I walked on the farm. I walked around the 15 acres and I said, thus saith the Lord, this is the farm. And one of the elders came by and said, Pastor Joka, we should look at Wisconsin or Michigan. I'm like, get behind me, Satan. No, I didn't say that, but I wanted to. I said, so that you would know that my father is with me. He's going to send me the money cash. I would not have to take a loan for this farm. So we leave the farm, go back to Chicago. A week passed by. I'm in Chicago. I'm like, oh, dang, how are we going to do this? I already said, we're not going to take a loan. Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, run, run, run. That's what I'll do. I'll run from the farm to Chicago. It's 182 miles. I'll run, I'll ride bike, I'll run. So I get to the church on Sunday I say, church, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to run, I'm going to ride bike, I'm going to run. It's going to take me three days. to church is the glory, praise God. After the service, my wife pulled me over. She said, babe, come over here, let me talk to you. I said, what's up? She says, you're not a runner. You will die in the first mile. I said, I know. Jesus said, if you try to preserve your life, you've lost it. But if you lose your life for me, you found it. So I ran, 7 o'clock in the morning on Friday. I ran. Every two miles, my kids were there. They were younger, of course, and they were there with Gatorade in water. Come on, papi, you can do it. You can do it, papi. 182 miles, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We get to the city limits, Cook County. The police are waiting for me. They're giving me an escort. I'll make a long story short. They're giving me an escort into the church. Boom, boom, boom. The church was packed with people. I ran, and then some other brothers ran with me, so forth and so forth. I find the accountant. I said, bro, how much did we raise? He said, Pastor Choco, sit down. I said, no, tell me. He said, um, we raised 13,000. I said, you mean 113? He said, nope, 13. I leave the accountant, I go upstairs to my office, I close the door, I have a discourse with my father. Kill me! Why make me run for $13,000? My ankles were swollen. My back is hurting. You know, 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 he's my father. He gives me latitude. (laughs) Phone rings. New Life Covenant. Hey, Choco, I hear you have a a shelter for homeless women and children. I said, I do. I have 35 homeless women and children that live with us. There's a couple from Lombard, Illinois. Yeah, we want to give you a washer and dryer to bless your shelter. They come on Monday. Boom, boom, boom. Downloading the truck. He comes up to my office. He sits down with his wife, Choco. How was the run? I told them about my children. Every two miles, they have giving me Gatorade. I told them about the 600 women. I told them that with revelation comes responsibility and that we must do something to rescue these people because love compels us to do that. He starts crying. His wife starts crying. He stands up. He says, Choco, I haven't even talked to my wife, but if your church can raise $50,000... In the month of December, my wife and I will give you $50,000 cash to buy your farm. Go to the church. Following Sunday, church, somebody here has $50,000. <laughs> give it up. Come on, baby, worship. December 31st comes. I'm sure 10000 It's 9 o'clock in the night. Church, I'm sure 10000 Somebody here has $10,000. Give it up so we can rescue these girls. Come on, babe, leave worship. At midnight, a husband and wife came to me and says, we've been watching you for nine months, giving your life away. To women, you don't even know who they are. But here's 10000 Go buy your farm. Since then, we purchased a farm in 2002, and we've rescued over 700 and 42 women to the glory of God. Love compels us to do that. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark 12, 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is hear all new hope. The Lord our God, the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your and with all your And with all your, and with all your, in other words, that you are totally in with Jesus. That there is no ambiguity in 2022 about who you serve. That you're not having an identity crisis. America may be having an identity crisis, but you're not having an identity crisis. You know who you are. Your father is the king. Come on now. We act like it. We walk like it. Verse 31, the second is this. You shall love your what? OMG. (laughs) That you got to love me and I have to love you. That you're my brother and you're my sister. And you shall love your neighbors as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this church. Thank you for who you are in our lives. I pray there, Lord, that you would bless our time together and that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty way in the hearts of your people. I say this all the time, God, if your presence is not with me, I don't want to preach. There's no need to do this because your presence makes the difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Love compels us. My new book called Love Them Anyway just came out, and it answers the prevailing question in America that people are asking me, Pastor Choco, what do we do now with the political unrest and the racial tension that we face in America? And my answer to that question is that we are to love them anyway. And when I say that we should love them anyway, I don't say that we should capitulate our convictions. We will never surrender our convictions. When I say love them anyway, I say that we should affirm their humanity, not their lifestyle. Come on now. Love is the currency of heaven. Not Bible study, not fasting. Those are good disciplines. But the currency of heaven is love. And that we should withdraw from that bank when we have an issue with some people. Come on now. Some of you are like, oh, I should have came last Sunday. (laughs) I want to tell you about some believers that had some some problem. Unbelievers, they saw that their, their culture was collapsing around them and that unbelievers were taking their rights away and they became very angry, and they gathered together to complain about their condition, and they felt demoralized, and they worried about their future, and they wanted to fight back, and they wanted God to provide a solution to their problem. I'm not talking about modern-day America. I'm talking about Babylon, 6th century BC, when the Babylonian army conquered Israel. And then while they were being conquered, there was false messages or false prophets that were coming to the scene and telling the people of Israel, hey, 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 you're only going to be there for a little while. Don't worry about it. Hey, that's okay. But then Jeremiah comes to the scene, the man of God, he comes to the scene and he tells the people of Israel, oh, no, you better get acclimated. You're going to, you're going to be there for 70 years. You better build barns, you better get married, you better have children, you better have businesses. And I've come to your town, Eunice, Louisiana, to tell you, get acclimated. We live in a country that many of us do not recognize, but we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And while we live in Louisiana, we should operate in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Have businesses, get married, have children, and represent the kingdom of God here in Louisiana. Does that make sense? That's what God wants from you and I, that we represent him in this craziness world. But how do we represent him? With love and truth. Watch this. It is a few verses later that the Lord tells the famous verse and the quote that Jeremiah gives. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So no matter how we got here in 2022, now listen to me, I know COVID is real. My mother died from COVID on May 9, 2020. I know it's real, but I know the God I serve is real. He's not dead. And I've been telling Americans across the state, across this nation, that disease has been around for thousands of years. And furthermore, we're made out of dirt. But while we live here in Babylon, while we live here in Louisiana, let's represent the kingdom of God because you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So I went to Burkina Faso, Africa, West Africa. I went there with a delegation from Chicago and some people came to the hotel and I said, Pastor Choco, the king of the Mode tribe would like to meet you. I said, wow, I've never met a king presidents governors mayors but never a king so i get in their car boom they take me to the palace they park. boom i get out I say now before we go in there's protocols i said what's up whatever you do pastor choco don't look at the king that's the protocol just look at the translator i said got it i look at the translator i don't want no drama in africa <laughs> i want to get back to chicago What's the other protocol? There's three chairs. Make sure you sit in your chair. So got it. So here it is. Come with me to the palace. I walked in. I sat in my chair. The translator came, sat in his chair, and we're looking at each other. Music starts playing. The king is coming. I know the king is coming, because when I came in, there was no music. I'm like, the devil is a liar. Give me some music or something. Give me a beat. There he comes. In the corner of my eye, y'all, I can see him. (laughs) Sharp. White outfit, gold trimmings, green and black crown. Sharp. I said to myself, I got to ask him where he got that outfit. I need one of those. He sits down, something came inside of me. And I looked at the translator and I said, tell your king. That I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and I represent the king of kings and the lord of lords Translator looked at me in English and he said you want me to tell the king what? (laughs) Tell your king that I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven And I represent the king of kings in the lord of lords He turned around and his moldy language said pastor choco said That he's an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and he represents the king of kings in the lord of lords I'm looking at the translator And what the king does next, breaks protocol. He gets up, y'all. He starts walking towards me. I could see him from the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh, you're dead. (laughs) Choker, just shut up. Why say things like that? I'm like, oh, I didn't say goodbye to my wife. This is bad, man. He comes towards me, puts his hands on my shoulder, and in pure English says, would you pray for me in Jesus' name? Would you pray for me? My friends, this morning, you cannot have an identity crisis. you got to know who you are. you got to know that you represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and that God saved you. He saved you so that you can withdraw from the kingdom of heaven, his bank, which is love. I said in the first service, America does not have a hand problem or a head problem. They have a heart problem. And there needs to be a metamorphosis. There has to be a changing of heart. And only the church, not the government, not a political party, can bring peace to Louisiana, to the United States. Only the church. Love compels us. Love does that. Love demands more of you and me than we often want to give. Come on now, let's be honest. It's easy to love a lovable person. But what about, what about her? What about him? What about the one that comes to the third service and you come to the second because you don't want to see them? It happened like that in Chicago. What about the one from a different political party or someone that disagrees with you? What about them? from a different stereotype. That's difficult, Pastor Choco. What about, what about the person who dissed you, who backstabbed you on Facebook, who tried to break up your family? What about them? What is love in this context of Mark? We read that Jesus broke boundaries to love the people that many despise. His love transformed people. His love saw past disagreement, indifferences, and offenses. Loving them like this. That's just hard. The greatest desire of mankind is to love and to be loved. That's the greatest desire that you and I have, is to love and to be loved. God is love. Love for God love for each other Amen. love for god love for each other Amen. my friends it's the cross yeah. don't kid yourself come on now it, the nails didn't hold jesus on the cross it wasn't the nails it was his love towards humanity come on now i mean he could have called legions of angels and that bad boy was done but what held him on the cross was his love for this broken Puerto Rican kid in Chicago with no father destined for destruction for sure. It was his love towards me and towards you. The greatest desire of mankind. God is love. The Bible says in Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've continued my faithfulness toward you. Love is his DNA. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of cancel culture. Uh I'm leaving tonight anyway after the service amen you can send all your emails to Pastor Chris I'm just trying to tell you that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of love whoever first John 4a says this whoever does not love does not know God because God is love So love is the currency of heaven, and because of this, love is the great commodity of the kingdom of God, and it's what keeps our relationship going. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. This is how we can love our enemies. I can't love my enemies. I can't love my father who abandoned me when I was eight years old. I cannot love him out of my own love because my love is perverted. My love is conditional, but I can love him through Jesus Christ. and It is the Holy Spirit that helps me to love people. Am I talking to somebody here today? Loving people it's a great commodity love begins with god love never ends we love because of there's two different ways we love because of and in spite of let me talk about because of because you have money i love you because you have a title you know how people are because you have a title i love you because you can give me this i love you that's a perverted love but there's another love that's called in spite of in spite of the fact that you're broke I love you. In spite of fact, you can't give me anything. I love you. Everyone has a them, which is the title of my book, Love Them Anyway. The them for me was my son. He was 16 years old at this time when this happened. It's in chapter 3 of the book. The Holy Spirit woke me up around 11 o'clock in the night. Go check his car. I go downstairs to the garage, go into the garage, check his car, and sure enough, I find marijuana, find stuff, drugs. You get it. You get the idea. And as a father, I'm broken because this is not what I taught my son. We have nothing to do with drugs or whatever, liquor. This is not our home. So as a father, I'm in the garage like, oh, my God. You know, I'm broken. I go upstairs to his room. It's right 1130 at this time. I turn on the light. I said, Pito. What's up with this? And like any teenage boy, he says, it's not mine, it's my friend's. I said, Peter, you're dead in the water. The Holy Spirit told me it's yours. And if he told me it's yours, Papa, this conversation is over. And so we started talking. How could you? When did this start? And it's true what the Bible says, bad company corrupts good character. And he was in a baseball team, a traveling team. And we were talking, it's midnight now. And I'm like going, Pito, how could you do this? This is not what we taught you, your mother and I. And my, and my wife, she's in a hallway. She's crying like a mom. I can't believe this. It's breaking our hearts. And I started talking to her. I said, Pito, look at me, boy. I said, look at me. I said, do you think you're stronger than your father? I said, you think you're stronger than me, boy? I said, you have no idea what you've done to me. I will knock on heaven's door on your behalf, boy. I will pray this out of your life. You have no idea what your mother and I will do. We will keep knocking on heaven's door until God answers our prayers. Look, I said, said, look at me, boy, look at me. Nothing you do, nothing you do, son, can make me love you more or less. But you are in control how pleased I am with you. And I'm not pleased with you at this moment. I said, Pito, I will come here and I will put all you on your doorpost. I don't care if you're sleeping, it's my bedroom. Amen. This whole house is mine. Amen. And we will pray, and your mother will fast and pray, and we will pray this out of you. Everyone has a them. And we loved him through this mess. He was 16 years old. He's 27 now. Married and serves the Lord. And but everybody everybody has a them. Where well, you where well, you must tap into love. Love, love will get you through this. I want to take you back to the farm. So we ended up buying the farm. We ended up buying the farm, and now I need staff members. I need staff members, so I go to a couple, older couple in our church. At that time, uh, they were probably in their late 60s, and I said to Rico, his his name was Rico, and his wife's name was Alice. So after Sunday service, I said, Rico and Alice, I need you to go to the farm. I need you to go over there and love on these women. We're going to rescue from prostitution and human trafficking. I need staff. You need to go. You need to leave your job. You need to leave your 401k plan, yada, 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 yada. Now, he has older children. They're married. and He's got grandchildren as well. But he looked at me. He says, Pastor, if the Lord told you, then I must go. He leaves to the farm, to Cambridge, Illinois. He goes there. He's there six months. He has a doctor visit. When before Rico left, I said, now Rico, before you leave, you and Alice, you need to be there for 10 years. I declare over your life 10 years that you would be the father of that farm." So he leaves. He's there six months. He goes to a doctor visit. The doctor tells him, you're going to die in nine months. You've got cancer. He calls me in Chicago, Pastor Chukwu, Pastor Chico, I just came from the doctor. The doctor said, I'm going to die in nine months. No, you're not. I told you 10 years. <laughs> the man of God told you 10. By the way, he lasted 15 years, to the glory of God. Yeah. He goes to the farm, him and alice they're there for 10 years. We take a van to the farm in the night, and we bring a client who's, who's at this time high. She's high, and she walks around the farm. She looks at the barn. She's looking for a way out. She just got to the farm. She sees 10 speed bites, and she begins to put a plan in motion. I'm gonna leave at six in the morning. I'm gonna steal the bike, go back 182 miles, back to Chicago, boom, boom, boom. She goes back into the dorms and she tells one of the other clients, I'm leaving at six o'clock in the morning, yada, 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 yada. She goes to sleep. That other client wakes up, goes tells Pastor Rico, Pastor Rico, she says she's leaving. She's gonna steal the bike, yada, yada. Oh, don't worry about it, it's all good. At midnight, Pastor Rico gets up, goes to the barn. takes the air off the tires. Six o'clock, the client comes in ready to put her plan in motion. And she tells my wife years later, she looked at the 10-speed bikes and the air was taken out. And she says, I have never felt so loved in my life. She stayed. She graduated. She stood there for two years. Her daughter gets saved. Her daughter was out in the streets in Chicago, living that life in buildings and sex and so forth. She gets saved. She goes through master's commission. She goes to three years of master's commission. Then she goes to Camden, New Jersey, which was the worst city in the United States, Camden, New Jersey, and we plant a church there. And all because someone loved her enough, her mother enough to take the air off the tire. Your obedience is connected to so many destinies. Oh my God you have no idea that when you love somebody and you're moved because the the, the love of Christ compels us to do things that other people think you're crazy let me finish here this morning so during the process of getting trained because my wife thought I was gonna die to run the farm I find one of my female pastors and I find her and I said, um, I want you to go outside. I want you to go find me five prostitutes. And I want you to ask them how much they would charge me for one hour of service. She said, Pastor Choco, you want me to do what? Go, go find me five women and ask them how much they would charge me for one hour of service. She goes, comes back two and a half hours later with five women, African-American, Hispanic, mini skirts, they're They all lean on her car. The female pastor comes to me and says, Pastor Joker. the tall one's gonna charge you $50 an hour. The one next to her said 35, boom, boom, boom. It was $225 for all five women. I said, no problem. I go to the women, here's your 50, here's your 35, boom, 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 you're good. One of the ladies says, what do you want us to do? I said, I want you to follow me, please. So I take them inside the church and inside the church. By the way, I know people are watching this online as it's being recorded. My wife is with me the whole time. You know how people are, they start gossiping. Please follow me. I take them inside the church and inside the church, y'all, we prepared a banquet with roses and candles. And one by one, I took the chair off. I slide the chair out of the table and I said, I got you for one hour. Please sit. I'm going to tell you about a man named Jesus who loves you dearly. You were not born a prostitute, please sit. And one by one, I took them and I set them down. And for one hour, my wife led worship, master's commission, they did drama. The young people, they were doing dramas. I preached about the love of God. I said, lady, my time is up. I only bought your time for one hour. They they all stood up. Pastor, no man has ever treated us this way. We don't want your money. One of those ladies today are elders of the church back in Chicago. Would you stand with me this morning for a moment? God commands us. He commands us to love them. No matter what, no matter what the price is, no matter how hard it is, listen, I know what it is to be backstabbed and Abandoned by your dad and mom, and I get it. So, a few years ago, we have a meeting in Chicago, my brothers and I, and my sister. And my dad at this time was living in New Jersey, he's around 88 years old, and they're about to amputate his legs. So, we call family meeting hey, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? My brother's like, hey, he hasn't been around us for 40 something years, what do we care? You know, that was when you don't know God, that's your response. I said, no, we gotta do something. I know he dissed us, I know he abandoned us, but we had to do something. So I fly him from New Jersey to Chicago O'Hare. I picked up this man, take him to my house. He's in his 80s, late 80s. My wife is cooking, and I'm in the living room changing the pants and cleaning the womb of this man who abandoned me at eight years old. I have zero questions for this man. At this point, I'm a man. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. But I do want him to know Jesus. I do want him to know the love of God. That's all I want from him. Is that I can display to him, the son who he abandoned, the love of my father. He stood with us for a year in Chicago. Bandaged his wounds. Never had to amputate his legs. We send him back to New Jersey because that's where he wants to go. A few weeks later, I get a picture like this that they send me in a local church. If you could put up that picture quickly. My father never been to a church in 88 years, never been to a Pentecostal church, but all because one son showed him love. You have a them, and you need to let it go. It's worse than COVID, hatred and bitterness is generational let it go with every head bow and every eyes closed all over this sanctuary those that are watching online christ's love compels us. paul says in second corinthians i don't know how many of you here at the sound of my voice would say pastor choco this sermon was for me i needed to hear this i need the love of jesus to love people who have dissed me who have backstabbed me talked about me try to divide my family this sermon was for me would you pray for me if that's you here this morning I won't stay here long but if that's you and this sermon spoke to you I want you to lift your hands quickly I want to pray for you hands are going up hands are going up who else hands are going up all over this place hands are going up do not let fear paralyze you Here's what I'm gonna do with pastor's permission. If you raised your hand, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to meet me here quickly. I'll give you 20 seconds to do that. I don't care if you're in the middle aisle, people understand, just say, excuse me, and they'll move out of the way. I want you to come, come, as we sing softly, come, come,
1: come. 15 seconds. Seconds, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in He loves this place. you. Come, Holy Spirit, and drop on. in this place come Holy Spirit and
0: the Lord is in this place the Lord is in this place Church would you extend your hands forward tears are falling at this altar it's years, years of carrying pain and hurt and now you hear a sermon today at your church that says what do I do? You love them in just a few moments, our pastor will come and give us directions, but I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you before I turn it over to our pastor. He loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I love you, and there's nothing you could do about that. So Father, we come before you this morning. I know you capture every tear. There's been pain, there's been hurt, abuse. Boy, do we wanna operate in love. But we wanna confess to you, Lord, that we can't do it out of our own. Our love is conditional, our love is perverted, but your love is unconditional. So we need help from the Holy Spirit to help us love those who have done us wrong. Give us the words, give us the boldness, give us the courage to address that. In the name of Jesus, have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I want you to look at me for a moment. There cannot be reconciliation unless there first is repentance. It's in Luke 15. Sometimes we just want to be reconciled, but that can't happen until there's a recognition I did something wrong. And so if I did something wrong, I got to repent. Hey, I dissed you. I stopped talking to you for a year, five years. I was in another church. He says, I haven't spoken to my brother in 20 years. I'm like, oh my God, go, go reconcile. You cannot control how they're going to respond. So I'm going to give you homework today. You didn't think you were going to get homework today. I'm going to give you homework. You got 72 hours to make this thing right, whether it be a texting, whether it be calling. And, and I want you to use these words. I love you, and there's nothing you could do about it boy that really just throws them off like that's true because that's your energy that's your love and he loves you and there's nothing you could do about that boy it would be great and you never know if they'll call you this year and say what time do you go to church I'd like to come to church with you just like my father who's going to church because somebody showed love to them so 72 hours May God give you strength, may God give you boldness, may God give you the words to speak. The pains are real in Jesus' name, but he can bring healing to your life. Amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering, our pastor with us.
1: I want to do something real quick, right, for those up front right now. and so I'm going to let you go back in five seconds. But can we just praise God for the obedience of somebody to step out from where they are and the boldness to come up front. We celebrate that. We celebrate that. You can go stand back uh, where you were seated. And I want to invite you to make sure and come back. Tonight. I just I, I feel like we're supposed to do it again. Come on. As they're going back to their seat, can you praise God for the obedience of stepping out? I've answered calls to the front of churches that we call altars. I have answered calls before, and I didn't even know why I was going up there. God, I'm good today. You know I'm good. Like, we did this already. Why do I have to go? But that act of obedience led to somebody else feeling free to go up and stand up in front of everybody and receive healing for an area of their life, receive forgiveness for an area of their lives, begin to be inspired. Come on. If you can stand up in front of the church, you can stand up as the church come on somebody it's not that you just get god in here and keep him to you it's that you go out there and you begin to share him in a way that you haven't before hey as we close this morning let me just uh first of all say there's a group of people that love you as much as anybody in this church. And it's about 50 to 70. I don't know. I'm just prophesying how many more we may add between now and then. It's about 50 to 70 small group leaders and freedom group leaders who are praying that you will sign up for their groups. I want to invite you today to go to EuniceChurch.com and check out the small groups that we have available for you. If we don't have one that's available for you or that you don't like, share it with us and we'll encourage you to lead it next semester and then (laughs) So go check those groups out and make sure you sign up and then show up for the groups. Another thing is is if you have given your life to Jesus recently or given your life back to Jesus recently, I want to encourage you, if you've never been water baptized or maybe you were like me a long time ago or two long times ago or whatever it may be. Huh? If you haven't been water baptized and you would like to be, go sign up. Again, EuniceChurch.com. It's really easy to find. You just sign up there. We're going to have a water baptism celebration after our third service next week. And then finally, if you haven't already made plans, it's going to be 42 degrees this afternoon according to Pastor Choco. Um, I told him it was going to be 20 degrees. and be the coldest day of the year. And it was at 8 o'clock this morning and people still showed up So we want to invite you to come back tonight. How many of you are planning right now? You're coming back tonight. Praise the Lord. The rest of you, may the Lord convict you in the name of Jesus to set your schedule. Hey, we're so glad that you were with us this morning. Don't forget to visit Pastor Choco and his table. If you'd like to purchase a copy of his book, he'll sign that book. He's going to stand back there. He'd love to meet with you and connect with you. If you will, just open your hands all across this worship center. Don't forget to check out your children through this door on your right. my left father right now in the name of Jesus seal the word that you just spoke by the power of the Holy Spirit seal the word and God let it simmer in our spirit God let it set upon our hearts and begin to show us how how we can love in spite God, how we can serve in spite, how we can give of ourselves and the things that you have given us in spite. God, freely we have received. Freely, Lord, help us to give. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May we leave with unveiled faces and reveal and and show the glory of God to other people. God, lift up your countenance and give us peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray that the peace of the presence of God would rest upon every person in this room and watching online right now. It's the peace that helps you know that you have been in the presence. So, Lord, let the peace settle in as we continue to follow you with all of our heart. Would you anoint us to accomplish your will? to accomplish your will every single day. God, to walk in your ways and to empower, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. God, as we pray every week, to be a living example of your love. Let us achieve the vision of this house. Let us never hinder, but always help the vision of this place to meet people and grow closer to God together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you tonight.